Hi, everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life through working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. Before I dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know that you can listen and subscribe with ease to Focus Forward on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the others. We'd love your help in sharing our podcast too. So if you know someone who would benefit from our content, please share it with them. Our goal is to provide useful tips and life-changing inspiration to as many people as possible. So thanks for your help. In today's episode, I'm exploring the executive function skill of time management. Peg Dawson, my favorite executive function guru and a former guest on Focus Forward, defines the skill of time management as the capacity to estimate how much time one has, how to allocate it, and how to stay within time limits and deadlines. She says it also involves a sense that time is important. As an executive function coach, time management is a skill that comes up as a challenge for pretty much all of my clients. Over the years, my clients and I have worked together to develop systems that help them take control over time and how it impacts their lives. Today, I'm going to share with you a system that I've developed that can help with this. It's got four components. First, figure out your relationship with time. Second, learn how to prioritize and then do some prioritizing. Third, implement tools and strategies that support your time management. And lastly, and most importantly, reflect on what you've done and modify your approach as needed. If you're like, nah, I don't want to do all four steps. I just want to skip ahead to the tools and strategies section. That's okay. I get it. But hear me out for one sec. Yes. Diving in and implementing tools and strategies right now will help in the short term. It will. But I truly believe that in order to make lasting change and improve your time management skills for the long run and, you know, just like make it easier for your future self, you got to put in the time to do the other work. That being said, if you're still not convinced, skip ahead to about 12 minutes to hear the section on tools and strategies. I fully support your decision, and this next section will be waiting for you if you decide to come back for more. All right, so if you're still with me, yay! Before we start, you just might want to get a pen and paper so you can write some ideas down. Taking notes is not just for students. It saves a ton of time for your future self and can absolutely help with being more effective with your time. Okay, so let's start with my first step, which, as I said, is figuring out your relationship with time. And I don't mean that like weird part of a relationship where you're not sure if you're just friends or if you've moved into the more than friend zone or you can actually just introduce them now as your boyfriend or girlfriend. I just mean, how do you experience time? When you're doing stuff, do you run out of time? Do you think things will take way longer than they actually do? Do you have a good idea of how time passes? Or do you have no idea that time is a thing at all? Learning about your relationship with time is valuable because it can help you plan and prioritize your day. 
If you know that you always run out of time when you're doing work for a particular class, then you know you have to budget a little more time for those assignments. For example, I noticed that while I am actually quite good at time management, I do get overwhelmed when I have many things to do that are back to back. So I learned to always add 15 minutes to something to give me a little break before switching to a new activity. There are some good tools you can use to figure out this whole time relationship business. One of our favorites here at Beyond Booksmart is the BVA, which stands for Budgeted Versus Actual. And this tool can help you figure out pretty darn quickly if you are an over or an underestimator of time. All right, so what you do is you pick a task. Well, ideally, you'd do this with a bunch of different tasks in different areas of your life. But if that feels like too much, that's okay. Just pick one thing. Hmm, Okay, let's pick unloading the dishwasher. So you make a guess at how long it'll take you to unload the dishwasher. You then like start a timer and unload it at your regular speed. But no rushing here, just regular speed. And then you remember to stop the timer. This is where I always get hung up. And check the time. Was your guess over or under the actual time it took you? And by how much? It can really help to be scientific about this. So if you can get yourself to time other tasks, I really encourage you to do it. But if not, just try to pay attention to whether you seem to run out of time or have time left over. It can also help to pay attention to what kind of tasks seem to take longer than you think they will. For example, tasks that require deep thinking and concentration, maybe physical tasks, enjoyable or dreaded tasks. You might experience time differently with different things. So noticing these patterns can really help. Okay, so that's how we can use a BVA to test our relationship with time. And later on, I'll explain how we can use a BVA to help us prioritize and plan. Some other quick ideas for learning how you experience time. You could wear a watch with a timer function or use a visual timer. Um, You can find them online. They're called time timers. And those can show you the visual passing of time. And then you can see how you feel when you really see that time passing. You can also look at your phone usage data. I had a client whose jaw literally dropped when I had him look at this. He had no idea he had been spending that much time on his phone. I will never forget the look on his face, the poor guy. You can also ask the people in your life that you trust to see what their opinion is about your relationship with time. I admit this can put you in a very vulnerable spot, but it might be a worthwhile exercise. Okay, so now that we figured out if time is our boyfriend or not, let's learn how to prioritize. Prioritizing is extremely important if you want to be better at time management. When you learn to prioritize, you can more easily plan your day with intention. Doing this will help you find it easier to focus and be more present as you go through your day. You'll likely be more efficient, and hopefully you'll feel less overwhelmed by all the things you have to do. Before I dive into some tools for learning how to prioritize, let's take a nerdy look at the word priority. The etymology of the word priority is pretty interesting. It comes from the word prioritas, which basically means the most important thing. And up until the mid-20th century, The word had no plural. You could just have one most important thing. 
over time, people began having more than one most important thing. And when we have too many most important things, life can become hard to manage. It can be hard to focus, and we might lose sight of what truly is important. There are two great activities that can help you figure out what your most important things are and how to make sure that you can fit them into your day. The first is the big rocks activity. You may have seen the video of the professor showing his class how you can fit more rocks, pebbles, and sand into a jar if you start with the big rocks first. These rocks represent your most important things, which we plan first because, as you can see, if you put the smaller things in life first, in this situation, the pebbles and the sand, you won't be able to fit your rocks. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can find the link to this video in the show notes. Another fantastic exercise for figuring out priorities is the Eisenhower matrix. It's also known as Covey quadrants. This tool helps you figure out what things in life are urgent, not urgent, important, and not important. Covey assigned quadrant numbers to the matrix. So in quadrant one, you have important and urgent tasks like studying for a test, finishing up that presentation for your boss, or signing up your child for that art class that usually fills up in minutes. In quadrant two are your important but not urgent tasks, such as exercising and spending time with your family. Quadrant three are the dreaded, urgent, but not important to you tasks, phone calls that interrupt your work time, emails, or just things you feel like you should do because someone else asked you to do them. And then quadrant four is not urgent and not important. Doom scrolling, binge watching TV, getting lost in social media, those are all in this quadrant. I could do a whole separate episode on strategies for managing the tasks within each quadrant, so unfortunately there's no way I can cover it all in today's episode, but I encourage you to try this exercise. Assign the things you do all day into each quadrant and see where your priorities lie, and then check out the show notes for more ideas on how to manage them. Basically, it comes down to doing the quadrant one things, delegating the quadrant three things so that you can have more time for the quadrant two things. And quadrant four, that quadrant can actually be really helpful. If you find yourself spending a ton of time on quadrant four things, it might be your brain's way of telling you it doesn't like how things are. Escaping to quadrant four may mean that you need to pay attention to what's going on in the other quadrants and maybe make some major shifts in your life. I've also heard of this matrix used with the qualities of productive, unproductive, necessary, and unnecessary. If these terms resonate with you more, try this exercise using those qualities instead. In addition to figuring out your priorities, there are some simple tricks you can use to prioritize and plan your day. A simple to-do list with the most important task written at the top can work wonders. Some people like to start with the easy things to get the ball rolling. Usually, I start with the worst thing first, because if I don't get that worst thing out of the way, it just stares at me from my to-do list with its beady little eyes and just ruins the rest of my day. Regardless of whether you start with the easy stuff, 
or the hard. The key is just to be realistic and not put too many things on that list. You can also use that BVA I mentioned earlier when prioritizing the things you need to do in your day. When you use the BVA to time yourself, you'll then know how long things will take and you'll know if you need to add extra time. And this will help you know when you can fit them into your day. Once you know what your most important things are, how long things will take, and what your relationship with time is like, you can build routines into your day that are based on all this information. The more we can learn about ourselves and how we prioritize and plan, the more effective our time management will be. And we don't have to do this alone. There are tons of tools and strategies and resources out there that can support you in your quest to manage your time more effectively. Like I said in pretty much every episode, there's no way I can cover every time management tool in this one episode. So I'll highlight a few, and then I encourage you to check out the show notes for more ideas. The first thing I recommend is to consider using a planner or a digital calendar if you're not already using one. Some people use them just for remembering things like dentist appointments, work schedules, or other commitments like that. They can be especially useful for families or groups who are managing multiple people's schedules. Some people find planners and calendars helpful for scheduling what they'll do during their entire day. Allie, who shared her calendar strategy in our episode all about ADHD, does this. She said she doesn't always follow it exactly, but she likes having it as a guide and definitely gets more done on those days than on the days that she doesn't schedule it out. Two really simple tools that can be used together are the to-do list that I just mentioned and the Pomodoro technique as you work through that list. The Pomodoro Technique is a method of working in chunks of time. For example, you would work for 25 minutes, take a 5-minute break, and then go back to work. I also encourage my clients to pay attention to diminishing returns if they prefer not to use a timer. Diminishing returns is an economic principle that can be applied here. In this situation, it means that the effort you're putting in no longer benefits you as it did when you first started the activity. So say you're reading and you realize that you have read the same line over and over again. It's probably time to take a break or switch activities. There are a lot of tech options out there for supporting your time management. I am a big fan of timers and alarms. In addition to using a timer for the Pomodoro technique, I use it to remind me of the passage of time. If I have a big project that I'm enjoying working on and I know that I need to stop at a certain point to go pick up one of my kids or attend a meeting and I don't want to be interrupted by repeatedly checking the clock, I'll set an alarm for when I should stop working. I can then work without looking at the clock. I also use calendar alerts to help myself as well. You can change the default event reminder to whatever works best for you. I have mine set for one hour, 30 minutes, and 10 minutes, which sounds like a lot, but it really works for me. And in addition to calendar alerts, you can use digital reminders or tasks. Both Apple and Google have these features, so if you're not already using them, I encourage you to check them out. And if you wear a smartwatch, you can configure it so that your calendar and task notifications pop up on your watch. This can be super helpful because you can see the notification without picking up your phone. 
And speaking of phones, being mindful of your phone use and keeping that in check is a big part of time management these days. Falling into the Instagram trap or getting stuck in some other Quadrant 4 activity is an annoyingly effective way of derailing your time management progress. Take a look at your phone usage and consider setting limits on how much time you can spend in apps that feel like time sucks. Research shows that just having your phone near you, even if you can't see it, can impact your productivity. Try an experiment and leave your phone in the other room. Are you more productive and manage your time better when your phone's not around? My last suggestion is to create a SMART goal for situations where you need to be very efficient with your time. If you aren't familiar with SMART goals, I'll explain them for you here. SMART goals are an organized and thoughtful way of creating a system to help you reach a goal by making that goal more meaningful. Making goals more meaningful increases the chance of achieving them. SMART is an acronym and stands for specific, measurable, achievable yet ambitious, relevant and realistic, and time-bound. You thoughtfully consider each step in the process and write down details about each. First, you define your specific goal. Then you determine how you will measure your progress. Then you'll describe how it's both achievable and also ambitious. Then you explain how it is relevant in your life and how it is realistic for you to attempt this goal right now. And lastly, you'll set a time goal, a deadline. Once you've completed this process, you use other tools and strategies to support yourself as you work towards your goal. An executive function coaching colleague of mine here at Beyond Booksmart has used SMART goals to help her clients create routines that make mornings easier. Working through a SMART goal in this situation has multiple benefits. At the most basic level, her clients have a less stressful morning, which is just a much better way to start the day. Filling out each step of the SMART goal helps her clients explore their relationship with time, and they can use it to reflect on the strategies that they're using to make their mornings more efficient. Reflecting on what we're working on is critical to making lasting change, and this is my last step in learning how to master your own time management. Reflecting on your efforts helps you learn about what works and what doesn't. Figuring all this out helps you fine-tune the strategies that you're using, and this reflection process can look different for everyone. If you're more of a data person, a scientific thinker, you might want to track your progress using a habit tracker. You can learn about this in episode three of Focus Forward. You could take notes or just write down your thoughts about your experience using different tools. You could revisit that BVA and re-time yourself to see if things are taking a different amount of time than they used to. If being scientific about it feels like too much, and that's okay because not everyone thinks that way, you can just kind of pay attention to how you feel. Do you feel less tired at the end of the day because you're managing your time better? Do you notice that you're crossing off more things on your to-do list? Are you arriving at meetings or appointments on time more often than you were before? Do you feel like a better friend or partner because you have more time to spend with your loved ones? There are lots of things you can notice just by paying a little more attention to how things are going for you. And once you've made some observations about your time management, you might want to tweak certain tools or add a new one or maybe even abandon a tool altogether. 
Or you might find that your system is working great and then you can take yourself out for some ice cream as a reward. However you do it, do whatever is right for yourself. And that's what reflection is all about. Learning about yourself and doing things the way they work for you. And that is our show for today. I really hope you found some strategies in this episode that help you improve your time management skills. Even just taking a little step towards improvement will make a big difference. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. If you are enjoying Focus Forward, please share it. As I said before, we would love that. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast newsletter at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast. We'll let you know when new episodes drop and we'll share topics and information related to the episode. Thanks for listening.